Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 155 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was War Criminal with Unforgiving featuring Josh Compton of Forced Under. Uh, that's, that's a track off of their EP, God Failed Me, which came out back in December. And it's a pretty cool, heavy hardcore from New England. So you know how that goes. And if you don't, go back, listen again. That's how it goes. All right. And uh, Josh Compton, I don't know that name, but I do know the, the name Force Under. I believe my buddy uh, Joey Slayer plays in that band who, you know, a little trivia for you, did the, did, the, did the original logo for Getting It Out Podcast. Not the original, original logo. That was me in MS Paint. Um, he did the one after that, the one that had my face on it. So Joey from Force Under, who uh, has a member that featured on this track from War Criminal. You see how it all works? It all comes together on Getting It Out Podcast. Uh, but yeah, check out War Criminal. Check out God Failed Me. And, uh, and you know, do the thing that you do to War Criminal when you can, uh, which you can't right now. You can't go to hardcore shows right now, so you can't do what you would do to War Criminal. You just have to do it at your home in your bedroom, in your, in your mirror, like we used to, all right? This, <laughs> well, I used to drink from the hose. That's, that's what we used to mosh in the mirror, all right? Do that shit, all right? Until then, deal with it. Okay, so what's really happening on this episode is an interview with Dylan from Yashira. They're a Jacksonville band that just put out this cool metal record called Fail to Be on Good Fight Music, and we're going to talk all about it, and you're damn right we're going to mention Limp Bizkit. Let's do it. Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? Okay, how you doing? 2021, off to a crazy start, just the way we picked, we left off in 2020, which is what I kept saying is why would things change in 2021 when they were wild in 2020? Might as well keep it going. Glad to see that we did keep it going. Um, yesterday was fucking nutty. This week, I should say, was nutty. And uh, that's, that's, let's just keep doing it, man. This shit is exciting. Good or bad, it is exciting. There's part of me that, you know, really, really wants to, like, you know, look down on people for doing the shit that they did this week at the U.S. Capitol building. Like, the bigger part of me. The bigger part of me is, like, that shit is, is super fucking wrong. But the the more devilish part of me is, like, this shit is hilarious. Let's go ape shit. I mean, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to watch and enjoy it. But you guys go crazy. Uh, tear down the government. I don't care. I'll watch from here. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Um, but you guys can go ahead and do that. Uh, whichever side, I don't care. Whichever side wins, let's just duke it out. Let's just have a burn it down competition. Um, whoever first one to do it uh, gets it, right? Is that the way it should go? I don't know. I don't know the rules for revolution. Uh, are there rules? Is it revolution? I don't even know how to use a dictionary. So what the fuck can you expect from me? Okay, that's enough. Uh, let's get down to serious business. Um, I've been drinking these sodas. They're called spike sodas. I got them for $2.50. They're four packs at the local liquor store. And uh, I got them because they were $2.50. I got each flavor, lemon lime, lemon lime, classic cola, root beer, and uh, ginger ale. And I'm happy to report that they're all absolutely terrible. And now I know why they were $2.50. They're, they're made by a decent brand, Crook and Marker, right? I mean, at least it looks like it. There's a little guy, like maybe a polo. There's a horse with a flag. That usually means something good. Or maybe it's a really small goat and, a, and a, a small flag on his back. But I don't know. But I think it's a horse and a flag. 
It's got the look of something good. It's got the taste of something awful. It basically tastes like aspartame. Do you know what that is? It's uh, what gives you really bad cholesterol. Well, it's, it's what gives unhealthy people really bad cholesterol. Also not exercising. But anyway, so I've been drinking this. And all it really does is uh, kind of make my stomach sound like a didgeridoo when I lay down at night. But uh, that's pretty much what everything does to my stomach. My stomach is just constantly having a concert uh, full of didgeridoos. And uh, then later it makes a bunch of didgeridoo-doos. But not when I want them to. You know, just like at inconvenient times, like the middle of my work day. And uh, that's that's basically a summary of my life. And uh, some of you don't care to hear that, uh, but some of you can relate in a really important way. So I just wanted to say, you're not alone. I got a didgeridoo stomach too that sometimes makes didgeridoo-doos. Okay, that's enough crap talk. Um, but hey, speaking of crap, um, I used to have a shirt. It said crap. I made it when I was in high school. And I think I just ripped it off from a Big Brother magazine shirt that's also said crap. I think if you look at some of those Big Brother skate videos from back in the day, you'll see people with crap shirts. It just says crap, right? And I wore that shirt a couple times out in public. And one of the times I wore it out in public was this really cool show. I think it was the first East Coast Tsunami Fest uh, in Malvern, Pennsylvania. And that was like Sick of It All, H2O, Earth Crisis, uh, Mushmouth, Fury of Five. Anyway, it was a cool show, and uh, my friend John Barlow really liked that shirt that day, and I always remember that he really liked that shirt that day, and unfortunately, he died a few years back as well, so I think seven years ago, just this week, it was seven years ago since my man John Patrick Barlow died. If you're not familiar with him personally, maybe you'll be familiar with his band, uh, Animal House, who put out a great fucking record called Boys from Barley Hill. Back in, I don't know what year, it would have been 2012, maybe, I'm going to guess, maybe 2011. Great demo in 2010-ish. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, just a little memory of John Patrick Barlow. Great guy, great friend. Unfortunately, been gone for a long time now. So anyway, just wanted to put that out there. Okay, moving on. No more crap, no more dead friends. Um, let's talk about a band that's really cool coming out of Jacksonville, Florida. Now... I think there's a lot of jokes that can be said about Jacksonville, Florida, but I'm not going to hear any of them. Although, I wonder how stoked Trevor Lawrence is to know that he's going to be drafted by the Jaguars. I don't know, but I wonder how stoked Gardner Minshew is to know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be drafted by the Jaguars. That guy can go be a backup somewhere else where he has a chance of winning. And uh, that guy probably sucks, but you know, at least he won't be in Jacksonville. I take it back. That's entirely unfair of me. I've never been to Jacksonville. I've never even been to Florida. I've never been to the South. That's not true. I have, but I've never, I don't like to admit that I've been to the South, so I won't. Okay, so let's get into this conversation with Dylan about his band, Yashira, and their record, Fail to Be, and everything else about them. But first, we should play a song from that record. How about we play Impasse, and how about you love it? And How about you listen to it right now, and then how about you listen to us talk? Okay, sounds like a good plan. Let's do it.
not talking about another person's band, though. We're, we're supposed to be talking about your band. All right, I'm in. Let's do it. Tell me about Well, no, let's... How about this? Your name is Dylan, right? My name is Dylan, yes. And, and you play guitar and do the vocals in Yashira, right? Correct, yep. All right, we've got to get those basics out of the way before I, before I fuck it up somehow. <laughs> so... All good. When did you... When did you first get interested in extreme music? Uh, I first, I, I guess my first like real band that I remember liking that was intense was probably like Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. Yeah. Like when I was super duper young. Um, that's definitely what opened the door for me to, 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 you know, bigger and better things, I guess. Um, but, you know, there's a, I can't even really recall any other bands specifically that it was, it was more, it was mostly my sister. My older sister was bringing home like mixtapes and stuff from middle school that friends of hers were making. Yeah. And I got like Evergreen Terrace on it and Into the Moat, The Red Chord, Converge and all these things. And, I didn't know the names of the bands or anything like that because they were just giving her these CDs and I was just listening to these CDs over and over and over again. And until MySpace came out, that was where I really, really started to dive into stuff, like just spending hours at a time researching bands and looking at other bands' top eights and finding stuff that I would like on there and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's been a very, very long road and I've, I've been on it for a very, very long time, probably since I was probably eight. Eight yeah. years old, nine, something like that. So, so what yeah. does that what does that put you at now? Like thirty, maybe? No, I'm I'm 26. Okay, wow. So you so you were into it young. I was gonna say some of those some of those bands you mentioned specifically, like the the metalcore stuff, the Evergreen Terrace, Into the Moat. That was that was happening. Like I was I was just looking at this the other day because I was uh, doing these dumb album comparisons where I was saying which one was better, Evergreen Terrace, Burned Alive by Time. Or Poison the Well, Tear from the Red, which both came out in 2002. That would make you pretty yeah, young. I, I hadn't even gotten into Evergreen. The first song I ever heard from Evergreen was their Zero cover um, off of Writer's Block. Yeah, yeah. So that, that I, I don't know if they had just come out with that. I think they did, because I went to their Wolf Biker CD release show when I was really young. I must have been... 12 or 13 years old or something like that so okay. yeah they they really did a lot for me they did a lot for kids in jacksonville in general so yeah that was that was a that, i mean particularly that burned alive by time record was was a really big deal then i don't yeah. i don't remember i don't it, it wasn't they weren't so big other than that like at least up here i'm in pennsylvania and I don't remember much about them other than I remember I remember them existing, right? I remember the fifth, the the, the split with one fifth. I remember the, I don't know the the oh, album wow. the album between them, which was like I don't know, it was like a Fight Club quote or something as the as the album title because that's what everything was back then. But but then yeah, but they, I d- they always touched on like movies and stuff like that, like always had the movie quotes. And, yeah, you know the Dear Live Journal. You know they always were like messing around with like pop culture shit. Yeah. So. But no, so that's interesting you say those things, and I like that you mentioned uh, Lincoln Park's Hybrid Theory because I do think that was a that's a pivotal 
record for a lot of people. And yeah, okay, maybe it's not the heaviest thing in the world, but it definitely got a lot of people into heavier things. And that's another example. I was just having this conversation the other day and was just saying the same thing. Like, I don't think it's the heaviest record in the world or anything like that, but it, it opened the door to a lot or for a lot of people to heavier things, regardless of how heavy it was. It screened, but it was still commercial. And yeah. It still yeah. like had harder parts, you know? And I'm not saying that they were the first ones to ever do it, but on such a large scale, cause that, that album went platinum, like, Oh. 20 times or something like yeah, that yeah. you know what i mean so it's like it's absolutely insane how big it got and it's it's understandable you know it it was half commercial half hard and no one was really used to that yet so it was it, i mean I, as somebody who was in high school at that time and i i remember i remember i used to go to this website called shout web i think it was called shout web but it was and it, it was where you could <laughs> it was basically like new metal news right and and I remember like the anticipation of hybrid theory, but that band didn't really break big until that record was already out. Kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I explained that correctly. But I remember like you know getting hybrid theory, and it's still not being huge yet. And then very quickly, it became they became one of the biggest bands. Um, I don't know, not ever that'd be a stretch, but but of of course for an era. Yeah, they were. I mean, it's. Maybe it's bold to say, but it's up there. You know, everybody knows what that is. And I'll be damned if I didn't hear that fucking in the end song like <laughs> at least a thousand times when it came out on the radio. You know, so maybe I don't know. Yeah, it worked for him. But anyway, so there we go talking about <laughs> other bands. Let's, let's let's talk about your band. Well, let, no, let's talk about you a little bit more. So so you discovered it when uh, when you were young, and you talk and you, you're from Jackson, or you are you from Jacksonville? I am. Yeah. You are. So the only things that I know about Jacksonville, I don't know anything about Jacksonville. Limp Biscuits from Jacksonville, right? Everybody always says that. I was literally waiting on you to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Limp Biscuit is from Jacksonville. Good. I, that was another band. I was, I was a huge Limp Biscuit fan. Still am. I, 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 I got to start planting that flag again. Still am. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what else you got? Mark Brunel, the Jaguars. Not much else. But maybe that, maybe uh, that's just. Not much. We, got, we got Leonard Skinner. That's, there you go. Uh, that's a that's good one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Almond Brothers, stuff like that. So Nice, nice. So that's, yeah, that, those not, are all not worthy. Not a usual Biscuit fan, but we've, <laughs> even when, like, when we first started, like, when we first dropped Shrine um, two years ago, there were people writing articles, like, being, like, saying that, just saying, like, the band from Jacksonville, also known as the city of Limp Biscuit, it's like why, you know, why? Just, just got to do it. We're from Jacksonville. No, nah, it's, <laughs> it's it's a great association. You should embrace it. You should you should love that. I always say that my my main motivation for doing this podcast, but the main goal, the day that I will stop, is when I finally get my Fred Durst interview. Until then, <laughs> it's just you know, it's the closest I got was was the guy from Cold. Which are they a Jacksonville band too? Oh wow. Scooter, yeah, Scooter Ward. Yeah. yeah, I had him on. That was close, but that's not quite. That's not. That's not Freddie D. Yeah, I gotta. I'll go. I'll go <laughs> knock on Freddie D's door for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> so, so uh, you you found you know you, you get in the usual way with the more popular, uh, radio friendly but but heavier bands, and then you find uh, heavier heavier stuff, right? Like we all do. It gets it gets incrementally, usually for most people, it gets incrementally more underground. Uh, and 
you you're you're listening to the red chord and converge uh when did you start playing in bands uh, i i was always the kid in my neighborhood that was like I, I, I guess I got my first bass when I was like 10 or so and I started taking lessons and I, I was basically just learning a bunch of like punk songs like AFI and I was super into like you know shit like AFI Rufio no effects and goofy shit like that and um, so I was always the kid in my neighborhood that was like trying to get my friends to like start bands with me and jam with me and so I didn't really start any um, serious band until I was probably 15 or so. Um, but even at that point, I couldn't drive, so how serious could it really be, you know? I, right. I was, like, at that point, doing a bunch of, like, Christian metalcore bands and stuff like that and, you know, just kind of goofy shit like that. It never, it never really developed into something super-duper serious until I was... 17 and then i joined a melodic hardcore band called vices from here and uh that's when i started touring and stuff like that and kind of realized that i really wanted to actually take it seriously vices i don't know if i remember that band did you guys get in some kind of beef with another band named vices or am i making something up no that was vice Vice, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. Vice, yeah. Vice, <laughs> Vice from uh, Vice from New York, and then there was another one or from like Ohio or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Man, you avoided it. You should have been in there. You should have dropped the S and gotten in there, three-way style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vice, Vice FL, man. That's been awesome. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that was uh, that was when I was seventeen or so, and after that, I I just joined bands that were playing around town and until Yashira started in 2015 and getting in the room with those guys and writing songs with them I was that was the first experience I'd ever had that kind of made me realize like wow I'm actually creating something that you know I think could actually do something yeah so we started taking it much more seriously than we had intended to and here we are well when you started Yashira was the was the um direction intentional because it sounds it doesn't sound like the other bands that you mentioned so far like the other stuff that you were playing and i and i and i yeah yeah go ahead sorry it's okay um yeah it was i I texted seth to start um yashira with the idea that we would do something like cult of luna and isis like that was kind of the idea as it was supposed to be like super airy and you know, letting parts go on for five fucking minutes, you know, just chill, 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 but we got Connor involved. Um, it kind of just took a form of its own and we just, we really liked to just focus on letting the songs do their thing, writing whatever came out and just, you know, not trying to put anything into a box. So, yeah it kind of just formed itself really in terms of the sound that we have now specifically. Well, you got, you got one of those sounds that is difficult to pin down, but not because it's totally unfamiliar, you know? Um, it's mm-hmm. just hard. It's just hard to say what it is. Like I've seen, uh, people, somebody call it experimental doom and I, I don't, I don't see it as that, but you know, whatever, but, but, but that also fits too. You know, there's, 
there's just a weird I don't know maybe there's some sludge stuff in it maybe there's some it's just a little piece of this a little piece of that and uh, I, it's one of the <laughs> I don't know I don't know why I'm always so obsessed with finding the genre to put something in but I can't with you guys yeah with, with us I, I understand why it would be difficult because we like I said we just kind of like to let it go wherever it goes and a lot of times a lot of people say that we sound a lot like this but also go over here to that and that that would definitely have something to do with the fact that we don't like to box it in you know we like to touch on all different kinds of stuff so it, it it's it's hard for us to say too it's hard for us to specifically say or answer when somebody says what kind of band are you i really never know what to say luke and i just say we're just a metal band yeah that's you know? that's where it's i would the go easiest all yeah. most most all-encompassing sound that you would get and you can hear it and kind of decide what the rest of it is for yourself, you know? Right. And it's true. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, I heard, Sh- I, I heard shrine and I like that record. And to be honest, I kind of forgot about it, but only because I listened to so much stuff, but I only, f- but I remembered it when I went to listen to this new one and I saw I had saved shrine on my spotify like i had made it a gave it a little heart right so it was there so which for me who listens who somebody who listens to a shitload of like i have it's ridiculous shitload of new music like weekly that i go through if i gave it the little tag the little thumbs up then i know that's something that i actually liked so while i don't remember listening to it or i you know now that i've, I've gone back now and revisited it, and it is it's a very good record um Thank but you. but uh you guys was that was that your debut record? We had, uh, I guess so. We had put out a, a two song demo prior to that, and that was it. Um, so, Shrine was technically the first like full release that we ever had. Those songs, uh, the fir- the first demo were the first two songs we wrote, and then Shrine were the next ones. So. It was definitely a, a period of the band where we were still kind of figuring out what we were doing, and you can definitely tell in the <laughs> songs because they are just not cohesive. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and you know, I, I almost felt like I was trash talking it, and, I, and I, I don't mean to do that. I just mean to say that you know, I, I recognize that we were young and still trying to navigate what exactly we were doing. And um, with this record, we made it a point to start to focus on fi- trying, at least, to find a sound. Like, I want, I want people to hear us and think, that sounds like Yashira, you know, rather than anything else. And I think on Shrine, you had, you had us tapping into far distant areas from the last, and it was just... I guess I what I mean to say is I understand that you forgot about it because I sometimes <laughs> do too. <laughs> yeah, well that's all right, especially if it's a if it's a if it was your first official record. I mean, you got to find yeah, the identity exactly. somewhere. That's, that's how we look at it too. You know, we're not ashamed of it or anything like that. We we love that it got put out and obviously they have it has a new meaning to it now um being as that's some of the songs that Seth got to record with us, but um yeah, like it's just it's just exactly that. It was just young. Yeah. Well, you it seems like you were headed in in a in a good direction with it though. Did you feel like you guys were um building momentum before uh the unfortunate stuff happened? Yeah, 
Absolutely. I, I mean, we were like really deep into like the sessions of writing failed to be like we were Seth passed away the night that we were working on the eighth song for the record. So we were almost done with it. And then yeah. when Ryan came in to, um, to step up to the plate, we had to kind of rewrite a lot of it because we had just started writing that like before we even released shrine. So a lot of it still had like shrine elements on it and we wanted to kind of get away from doing such random shit all the time and just, you know, making the record cohesive. That was kind of the, the point of all of it. And we were able to kind of, obviously with everything that happened, we were able to step back and spend a lot of time on it and think about what we really wanted to do with it. We came up with, uh, you know, something that we're all really happy with and proud of. So was it a, was it an easy decision to move on with the band, uh, when Seth passed or did it, was that something that you guys struggled with? Well, we feel, we felt like we had to, um, at least in the, the sense that we knew that we needed to get those songs out. We didn't, we didn't have the answers as to if we were going to continue to be a full band or if we were just going to record those songs and call it. But, um, you know, we feel like if we were able to ask Seth right now, if, if he would want us to continue to push, we think that we know that his answer would be yes. So, and with the blessing of his family and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm still in contact with them pretty much every day. Um, yeah, it, 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 we're happy to be doing it and, and, and we're glad that we have the support of the people that really have a say in it, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, with this, with this record, it sounds like it was a bit of a longer than usual creative process, uh, you know, given the circumstances. Um, is there a, a type of maybe theme or concept throughout this record or is it all, or was each song individual? Um, to be honest with you, I am not, I don't, I don't really touch on any of the lyrics. Uh, that's usually Luke and Connor. Oh, okay. I'm more of the music guy. So if I'm being 100% honest with you, that would be a question for them as <laughs> to if they had something like that. But I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think that they really, you know, I guess the theme would be uh, looking inward around about everything, about you know where the world, the state of the world today. Uh, you know, our time with Seth and losing Seth and stuff like that. You know, I, I know that that's what we sing about, and I think that they would tell me if it were a concept record, and they didn't. <laughs> so I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you could trust that. I think I think I'll take I'll take your word for it because uh, yeah, you're, you're a lot closer to it than I am. Um, so right. this you, this this one came out on Good Fight, like your last one. Where did you, where did you get that connection from? How'd you end up with Good Fight music? Um, we had we had won this competition with um, Metal Sucks, probably. 2016 or 17 it was the converse rubber tracks contest that they put out where you like entered in and and you got to go um record a song with kurt ballou or will putney okay and uh we we got picked by will and we went up there and, and recorded a song with him in brooklyn and um 
we just hit it off with him. Like he, he started like kind of managing us in a way with more of like a handshake deal type thing. Um, and he had got us hooked up with Carl and, and Carl was interested in what we were doing. Cause at the time we were touring with other good fight bands like Axis and hollow earth and stuff like that. And so it, it really just seemed like, you know, a good fit. And, you know, I'd actually since found out that Rick from good fight had actually put our name in the hat before with Carl and, and Carl was, uh, was I guess less interested at the time just because we were a little <laughs> earlier on and yeah. we hadn't done much, we hadn't toured much and stuff like that. And I guess as soon as we won the contest, Carl was like, "Oh, well, you know, somebody else sees something too." And <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what it took was a, a second opinion to come in, which is kind of funny. But yeah, nah. I guess all all that kind of uh, was facilitated with Will Putney. That's very cool, and those are very, very well respected names in in the game. Um, Carl had what, is it, what was the old label Ferret? That mm-hmm. one, that yep. one, that one was great. That they had a lot of great records out there. Good Fight has been building. I guess now built. Good Fight's probably been around for the same amount of time Ferret was at this point, but maybe I'm wrong. But uh, you know, it seems like it. It'd it probably be close. Yeah, I mean, I I can't remember exactly when Good Fight started, but uh, it, it would that would make sense for sure. Ferret was. The label for me, man. When yeah. I was younger, holy shit, that was like, you know, remembering never, Zayo, Poison the Well, shit like that. I was, <laughs> I was head over heels for that shit, man. Blood has been shed. Underrated. Love oh yeah, shit. yeah. I, well, I was thinking about labels like that um, earlier today. I was, I was having a conversation. I was thinking about which which record labels really were important to me and i think it's pretty some of the obvious ones for a lot of people of my age but it was just like well roadrunner is a big one but it was roadrunner and then it was like trust kill and eulogy and ferret and you know like yeah. those trust kill trust kill and uh and eulogy were big for me too eulogy was a florida label so yeah yeah that was like uh there's a a lot of bands that i was super into at the time i used to just go on those record labels websites and just like look through their artists and then go on MySpace and, and listen to the artists and stuff like that. Like I, that is what I spent my time doing in middle school. So <laughs> I get it. I was doing that in college. So that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worse or better. That's worse. <laughs> um, so so we, we've failed to be now it's been out for uh, what, like a week officially. Yep. How's, week how's, how's the response been so far? We honestly been blown away by it. We we really didn't expect it because, like like you said, we kind of felt like Shrine was a little forgettable. And uh, you know, I, I think I think when Seth passed, that it, it kind of it put a lot of eyes on us because it got a lot of coverage for whatever reason. Like you know, we were seeing like Loudwire post about it, like AP, like all kinds of like giant publications that really didn't fucking have anything to do with us prior to that right yeah they 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 got a hold of that story and and it really spread like wildfire and so i i think that unfortunately that that's when people started to kind of figure out who we were so it, it almost kind of seems like not necessarily that people were waiting per se more so like when we did drop it 
they they recognize the name and yeah yeah so yeah it, it, it like i said with no touring like with us not doing much in the last two years i at this point we haven't played a show in two years wow with us not doing damn near anything for people to be paying as much attention to it as they are it's really fucking crazy to us so yeah i mean it's it's a awful way to get publicity but not by your own fault you know that's right that, yeah yeah that's whatever you gotta you know embrace it because because i like i've seen you guys name out there more than ever um and and i don't know i think that's now is a now is also a i've been telling everybody so you, <laughs> so whoever listens to this probably heard of me say this before but now i think is the, a great time to release music too everybody's everybody's listening like you know, you're not getting, you're not getting, you're not. There's no competition with, with live music, and I know that sounds a little odd, but I don't know. It's it's just now. I feel like it's kind of a captive audience where if you put out a record, people are waiting to hear it. People are just flying through stuff right now, and uh, it's it's yeah. good. I, I know exactly what you mean. I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I I, I know exactly what you mean, and it it's because all anybody can pay attention to right now is music getting released digitally. You know, right. it's like everybody's on their phone. Everybody's paying attention to Facebook. So, you know, also on the other hand of that, it's kind of like flooding the feed. Like music is like really, really clogging everything up. Um, you know, so that's kind of, a, and I, a lot of people are, have been mentioning how goofy it is that we waited so late in the year to drop the record but the industry kind of shuts down right now. Yes, for sure. And, and stuff like that. And we kind of saw it as a time that it's like, I mean, no one else is really going to be dropping a record around then. Like, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily care if we end up on the year you know, end a list. bunch of end of year lists. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't really give a fuck about, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Like, and, and that's not to say I don't appreciate it if we land on yours, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just like let let the let the feed unclog a little bit. Let's drop the record and see how it does then. Because the original plan to drop the record was like July or August. We were planning to like a three week tour in August. I think August, August September or something like that. Back in like March when everything when the shit like really hit the fan. So, mm-hmm. well, it's it's funny you say that because. Um, first of all, you're, you're right. It does, it, it, but it is kind of a contradicting thing. It's, it is a shitty time. Suppose, supposedly it's a shitty time to release music traditionally. Cause people say, you, you know, nobody's, nobody's looking right now. Everybody's listening to everything else that came out in the year. Um, I always say the, the end of the year and the beginning of the year the records kind of get lost there. But like you said, nobody else is putting out records. So it's actually, so it's also a great time because you know there's limited competition but uh and, and, but to also go off of what you said how about making year end lists i i've only i can only think of two year end lists that i looked at so far um and this album's on both of them so oh, so you have yeah. awesome. so, so you have that one was uh Pete from Ether Coven and the other one is a guy who writes for me so so yeah so i've 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 seen yeah. fail That's to awesome. be there already yeah, Pete's the Pete's the homie. That's that's the guy. He was uh he was definitely like telling me personally I, I'm waiting to put my list out until you guys drop the record cuz I know it's going to be on it. <laughs> we played so many <laughs> fucking shows with him, 
dude. Those are those are some of our best friends on the planet. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Um, sorry. You did. Give me a second. Um, <clears throat> so, one of the other things I also saw that 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 would be a great attention grabber for this for you guys, and I'm sure it has been, is that you have uh, Dylan Walker from Full Hell on on one of your tracks. And uh, so, wh- where did that come from? How did you get hooked up with Dylan? We played when we first started. I think it was like our third show, third and fourth show. They they came down to to Florida and they played Savannah, Georgia, and stuff. And we we hopped on uh, Savannah and Jacksonville with them. And um, <laughs> D- Dylan like said some some shit like he called us like neurisis or something like that. <laughs> like I don't know, but it just like struck up a conversation that we thought was funny and. Um, one of the last shows, the last show that we actually played in Jacksonville was with them. And, you know, as soon as they pulled up and we got out of the van and he saw us like Dylan's such a cool guy. Like he doesn't, he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't, it's funny that I'm about to say this, but he doesn't cool guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, yeah. he, he recognized us. He came up and he talked to us and it just like, he feels like a gen, he, he feels like a genuine guy to us. And, we just thought about it and we were like, you know, who's somebody that that would be like super, super cool that we think would be into the idea. And I hit Dylan up with the idea and he was about it immediately. So that's really all that, that happened. There was really no, uh, no other backstory than that, but yeah, man, we're so grateful that he, he did that. Like I, I just, somebody of, of their stature saying yes to somebody of our stature is, you know, You'd expect him to be like, yeah, but, you know, this is my rate or something, <laughs> you know, but he well, didn't I, do anything like that, man. He just, he just gave us the tracks and it was on its way. That's awesome. And I was glad to see it because uh, I, I wouldn't say I know Dylan anymore, but I knew Dylan, I, I knew Dylan back when they first got started. And uh, he's always been a very friendly, very extremely friendly guy and, uh, and, Absolutely. and yeah, always willing to talk to people and, uh, to, yeah, and obviously, and obviously, the amount of output that that band has <laughs> has produced over the Dude. last decade is incredible. Incredibly inspiring. Like they have, they have always been on their own fucking wave too. Like they're just, they're not following any kind of fucking formula. You know, those are the those are the most influential bands to me. Like, regardless of if we sound like Fool of Hell or not, or if we sound like Zayo or not. You know, yeah. like it's just like bands that just say you know fuck fuck whatever do whatever we want all the time that's it doesn't get any better than that now there i remember back when they were you know coming up not yeah that sounds a little stupid but when they were you know building and it was them and code orange kids right and you could just see you could just see the that split together but you could just see the work ethic in both of those bands and how they never stopped and now i mean they both they both they're both huge in different ways, you know. Code oh, Orange yeah. went a, went a whole different way, and you know went into a different kind of a whole different whole different realm almost. Uh, Full of Hell went almost the opposite direction, but almost equally, you know. Like uh, it's 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 re- it's really it's it's really weird if you look at the trage- trajectory trage- trage- you know what word I'm fucking trying to say right trajectory <laughs> trajectory yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the trajectory of both those bands when you start that split, it's it's interesting and it's it's, it's yeah. interesting because they're both very successful at it. 
Yeah, and even with both bands, this goes for both bands, both of their success did not, you know, harden them to, uh, you know, looking out for the little guy either. And right. that goes for Code Orange, too. We played we played show, or a show, yeah, a show with Code Orange on an off date when they were on that Deftones tour when they had first come out with, like, uh, I Am King. Yeah. So this was, like, the early days of Code Orange, and... Dude, Jamie is down as fuck, man. He, like, got a shirt from us, and I saw them on the Deftones date in St. Augustine the next day, and he was wearing it and shit. Like, he's cool as fuck. Like, yeah. they, they they definitely don't forget about where they came from, and that's super, super important. Yeah, no, that's it's it's very cool. I'm I personally, I don't, I don't, I can't say I listen to Code Orange. I don't, I don't think it's bad either, but uh, being a Pennsylvania guy and seeing how hard they still rep Pennsylvania hardcore is. <laughs> it's really it's it's really pretty crazy like they like the, to just keep c- keep considering themselves a pennsylvania hardcore band to keep referencing to keep playing the shows is is it's a very cool uh it's very cool to see that loyalty to just something as simple as hardcore music absolutely i mean to to you know and, and pennsylvania should be proud of them too in, in general because they just put their heads down and they work. Oh yeah, and, and you know that that goes for full of hell too. Like those those bands are specifically are they put their fucking foot to the floor and and go as hard as they possibly can. And Code Orange is on some other shit with like their creativity in the midst of this whole pandemic thing too. Like that you and you alone performance or whatever that they did. I think that's what it was called. I yeah. I, I could totally be botching it, but. They have so many titles to so many things these days. Like I can't even keep up. But yeah. the live production that they put into that show, I was just blown away. Like I, I, I even if you don't like that band, that's going to captivate you. And they, they really know how to push that like visually stimulating button. You know what I mean? And and that's that's super inspiring for sure. Yeah, I think that's what they. I think that's. I mean, obviously, why they've been so successful. But speaking of like, you know doing the streams, um, not being able to tour, but coming up with creative ways to, to promote your band and all that. What, what, what are you guys going to do? Or are you going to do anything? I mean, you just drop the record, so you don't need to, but you know, like what's, what's in the plans for Yashira now that everything's all fucked up. It's kind of tough to say, really. Um, our drummer lives in Memphis, so we have to fly him in and, it's like uh, he, he's a little uncomfortable with like getting on a plane with the current state of things, obviously with cases on the rise and stuff like that. And, and we totally don't blame him for that. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it either. But uh, so it's kind of tough. Like we've talked about like doing like a, like a live studio session type thing, like have him, you know, record some live versions of the songs and send them to us. And then we record them in a studio and stuff. But, it's it's really hard to decide what to do right now, and that's what makes like what Code Orange is doing that much crazier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to keep going back to them, but it's really hard to think about what we're gonna do. Um, if it were right now, we would be hitting the road so incredibly hard and playing as many shows as we possibly can. But you're there's not a whole lot around Jacksonville either in terms of like. Uh, like a studio for us to go to like and do like an audio tree type deal or something like that, you know? So 
but even if even if we did find somewhere to do that, we'd have to get Ryan here to do it. So we're kind of at a standstill <laughs> as it currently stands, and you know we're 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 taking it as it comes, man. If the cases start to go down a little bit, maybe we can get Ryan over here and, and do something similar to that. But as it as it currently stands, there's there's nothing planned. Well, yeah, I I don't blame you. I don't know what the hell people are supposed to do at this point. I think I think some of the live stream thing. I think people are getting a little bit tired of it, even though that's all that's all that can be done, you know. So, yeah, you don't blame bands for doing it, but you know, I don't I, I don't know because I I haven't seen, but I don't know how well it actually works. Um, and that's why, like you said, that's why it's impressive that uh, Code Orange has been so successful with their different iterations and ideas. Um, but all right, so so. I, that's, we, we, we've gone on for a little while here. We can probably wrap this up, but I want to ask you, like, what what has been your favorite part about playing in Yashira up till now? They're my fucking brothers, man. I mean, spending the time with them, spending the time with my best friends and, and, and creating with them is easily the best part of it, and I don't take any of it for granted, especially anymore. Um, you know, getting in a room and jamming with them when when we get Ryan in town and it just we're all on the same wavelength and I've never had that before so it's it's a the whole the whole experience of being in this band has been a bonding experience for people that you know eventually became the best friends that I've ever had and I'm creating the best music that I've ever created and I've I've fallen in love with the process of it all because of everything just seeming to just fall into place you know, obviously with what happened and everything like that, it kind of flipped our world upside down. But, you know, Ryan came in and had this had this certain drive that helped mend everything. And, you know, we're we're at a point now where we're just happy to be doing it, doing excuse me, doing it again. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just <laughs> fucking I'm just grateful to be here. That's all. Well, that's a great answer. And I think. I think that's why you're gonna you're finding a lot of people in in your corner at this point too. Uh, people like to see stories like this, and people like to see that you guys are still going and and producing high quality too. You know, it wouldn't be well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, of I you know, and the 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 thing about that is, you know, that that's awesome. That that's so nice of everybody. Um, and I don't mean what I'm about to say in any bad way at all, but we would still be doing this if no one heard it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of the thing that I love about this band is that it's just, it's true freedom. You know, it's, there's, it, it doesn't get freer than this for any of us. And I'm just, I'm just grateful for it all, man. I'm grateful for anybody that's checked out the record. I'm grateful for anybody in the future that is going to check out the record. Anyone that bought it bought a t-shirt you know gives us the time of fucking day in any way shape or form that that is what it's all about you know well that's perfect and hey that's a great way to wrap this up because i'm grateful that you took your time to have this conversation with me and uh i I don't know i just i I wish you guys all the best and i hope it i hope you see i hope you can get out there and play these shows soon uh tour as much as you'd like push come up with those things that you you know that, that you've been inspired to do and uh, I don't know. I just I, I think you, you rightfully have a lot of people in your corner, and I'm excited to see what comes from you. Thank you, man. I I appreciate you 
finding the time to even talk to me or even want to. So <laughs> the the feeling is definitely mutual, and uh, I, I appreciate the conversation, man. Of course. All right, man. Talk to you later. Take care. Yeah, bye.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Dylan. That was Shades of Race featuring Dylan Walker of Full of Hell and Yashira and Fail to Be is worth your time. And I hope if you hadn't heard them before this interview that you are desperately dashing to check out the entire record at this very moment, of course, after you finish this episode. So let's finish this episode. I want to thank you all for listening to Getting It Out Podcast each and every week, even if this is the first week you finally start listening to the podcast. I appreciate you. I especially appreciate you if you're going to Patreon, patreon.com slash getting it out podcast and signing up to be a to be a page a patron, a Patreon, a patron a patronizer, whatever it's called. I want to thank the latest few that signed up. G over in England. Thank you very much. Brendan in Baltimore. I appreciate you. Uh, David in New Jersey, Jim in New York, and uh, Wyatt in California. I think those were the last few I saw. Thank you all for your support. That shit makes me very, very happy. Okay, so other ways to support the podcast, especially if you're a cheapskate, is just by going to Instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast and following their facebook.com slash getting it out podcast and Twitter at getting it out pod. You can follow me there for all things getting it out podcast, all things getting it out.net. By the way, um, getting it out.net is taking forever. It's taking so long and it's so frustrating that I'm just going to start releasing articles that were written uh, on the Facebook page. Um, because I don't know when this fucking website's ever actually going to happen. It's almost been a year. I think I'm a month shy of it being a year since I thought it was going to go up. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty frustrated with that. So I'm just going to start putting things out because I had people write a lot of cool things for me to go on this website that are seriously outdated at this point. And it's not fair to them and it's not fair to the bands that they wrote about or for. And uh, that it really does bum me out. It's 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 kind of a fucking ridiculous burden that I feel. Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't. But it just feels. I, I want this thing done. It's not getting done. So I'm just gonna push it the only way that I know how, and that's by releasing these articles on the Facebook page. So if you go to www.facebook.com/slash/gettingitoutpodcast, you'll be able to see what myself and some others have written for gettingitout.net up to this point. Uh, uh, I mentioned on here, one of the guys that wrote for me, Carl, uh, did a year-end uh, top 25 list, and uh, this Yashira album was on it. And I didn't get anybody to see that because there's no fucking website for them to go to. So I'm going to put it on the on the Facebook page, and uh, hopefully that'll at least get some eyes on it. Uh, yeah, and there'll be lots, lots more uh, reviews, interviews, all sorts of stuff. So anyway, be on the lookout for that. Go to the Facebook page, find that. Sorry if I sound a little pissy there. I don't mean to. It's just, uh, it's been a long time. Um, yeah, okay. So I'm going to end this one with a song from Harakiri from the Sky. I probably said that name wrong, almost definitely. And I know this band is uh, under a bit of controversy for uh, something they almost did, if I understand correctly. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be playing these guys. You can you can uh, tell me if, if, if I shouldn't be, all right? So you can send me an email and be like, hey, dickhead, you shouldn't have done that. And I'll be like, all right, sorry. Um, maybe I'll be remorseful. Maybe I won't. Um, but, but I mean, I think I've done my homework and I think I understand the situation. So I think these guys are cleared at this point. So I want to play this song that they put out for their upcoming record. This song is called I, Paul Bearer. And uh, I think it sounds all right, at least. So uh, check it out. Uh, let me know what you think. Never hesitate to email dan at gettingitout.net for whatever you want to correct me on. All right. 
That's it for this one. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.